Hey guys, it's Mind Gold and it's episode um, 22, I think. Um, we're just going to get straight into it because why the heck not? We're here, the lovely Kat or Katrina. Either or, I'll answer to anything. That's excellent. We're going to do something a little bit different on this episode. Um, it's probably not going to be as hard for her, but it will definitely be hard for me, especially if you listen to the last 21 podcasts. I'm not going to swear. Epic challenge. It's an epic Accept challenge. It. Yeah, so we're going to try it. We'll see how we go. And that's not because anyone has told me that I shouldn't swear at all. It's just because I'm looking to share this with um, some members uh, at the gym that I work at. So let's keep it clean, guys. Love the encouragement. <laughs> gonna need it. We can do it. So uh, the reason that I've got Kat on, um, other than the fact that she's obviously amazing, um, is because she is a nutritionist. And um, we want to talk a little bit about, I guess, the psychology behind what you're eating, um, why people find it so hard to lose weight, to stay at the body weight that they want, and all that fun stuff. So it's going to be a little bit more educational, a little bit less swearing, but it's still going to be excellent. And Graham is still here. He's asleep behind me on the couch. So Kat, tell me about how you got into this whole food thing. Oh, the whole food thing. It's been a long stretch in the making. So I was working as a critical care nurse. That was my, my first career. Wow. Yeah, big that's, change. That's really cool. <laughs> so I was working in cardiac surgery intensive care. And oh my God, I did not know this. Yeah, did Epic. my whole career in cardiac. And so wow. worked on that side of the bed with people and just got sick of seeing people come in when it was like, it's really kind of too late. You know, yeah. you can, we do some amazing things. We have some amazing capacity, but essentially the reason people are coming to you in CSICU is because their heart is blown. So you're putting a bandaid on it and seeing how long you can patch them up for. Um, most of, many of those are lifestyle related. Not all of them are. We always say if there's one thing you can do, it's choose your parents. But I just got sick of seeing so many people that I could have maybe helped earlier on had we gotten to them 20 years, 30 years earlier. Um, but there's really not much that I can do except titrate up there, leave a fed at that point. So, wow. yeah, I was doing CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting at the time and had gotten kind of interested in the nutrition side of things um, as a weightlifter, thought might be able to be really actually somewhat good at this if I dropped a weight class. I'd done a lot of yo-yoing myself, you know, a couple degrees, got fat sort of thing, got joined CrossFit, got super skinny, then put on a bunch of weight again, and so thought, oh, if I can get down a weight class, I might be a decent weightlifter. But felt the whole time that I was doing it, like, where is the adult? Where, like, where is the person that's supposed to be watching over me? Am I doing this right? Is this good for my long-term health? Is this actually going to work? Uh, Overcutting for comps, things like that. So that's yeah. when I started to look into kind of the science behind it and started to get a bit more educated and started doing my certification, stuff like that. So up till then, had you just been kind of winging it? Uh, winging it on myself. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but not with that's what I meant. That's what yeah. I meant. I mean, I find like experimenting on myself is like the best, especially as a trainer, then clients will say to me, what do you think of keto? What do you think of this? And I can be like, I think this because I've done it and these, this is yeah. what happens. Here's what the science says. Yeah, Here's yeah. what my experience is. Exactly. Because or else yeah. you just, you kind of, can't really give an opinion, can you? Yeah, 100% you can't. So 
so yeah, I was totally winging it on my on my own, and uh, you know, doing the whole paleo and whole thirty. And oh my gosh, you did the whole thirty. Yeah, so how bad is it? This is like I in the early God, days I of CrossFit. Like five kilos in a week, like after I finished. Oh it. yeah, you're just it's, like shoveling yeah. cake into your face, mate. Afterwards. Like massively, yeah. it's the worst. Yeah, yeah, so, it's terrible. So I was like, okay, this isn't working. So I started to get a little bit more educated, and then had some friends at the gym. And were like, oh, can you write me a program? So I started helping them out, and I was talking to my husband, who um, I was then dating long distance about, and I was like, well, maybe I should start charging people for this, and just like write a program or two on the side. Yeah. Um, so that's how Married to My Macros started, and continued to go on, get educated, I'm currently doing my master's in nutrition oh, and human amazing. performance. Yeah. That's so cool. And it was like, slowly but surely, I increased how much nutrition coaching I was doing, and decreased how much nursing, and then eventually when we moved uh, back to Oz last year, I quit nursing completely. So hasn't been that long that I've been. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah. So I love that you saw. I mean, like how bad it can get for people when they don't follow these basic. Well, yeah. I suppose we think are basic, but or like maybe they're not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe they're not. You know, I mean, it should be that common, I guess. Should be taught in in school, I think, right? I mean, I do remember the food pyramid. I just remember there being a whole lot of bread. Well, maybe that should be taught in school, but yeah. <laughs> I just remember seeing like all the dairy, all like pancakes were like on there, and I was like, "Cool, this ice, works." Dairy ice cream was included in dairy. Yeah, I, I can mean, do, I can do this. Yeah, this is great. Pancakes and ice cream. Yeah, yeah. So now my favorite was like having people in the bed and they're lying there like they can't even have a shirt on. They're post open heart surgery. I've got seven drips running for them, and they're telling me all about you know their keto diet or whatever like not to pick on keto whatever it was that they were we doing can. that's fine <laughs> um and i was just like oh it's worked really well for you hey <laughs> right or they're talking about you know their vegetarian diet where they're just blatantly missing protein sources and they're blatantly cutting amino groups and things like that and i'm like oh healing's gonna be tough for you <laughs> So, yeah, it was just that massive knowledge gap that we really wanted to address. So it's been cool to be able to start chipping away at that from the other side. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there's quite a lot of these days documentaries, and um, but then that's kind of a problem in itself because a lot of them are so block biased. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, the most recent one that comes to mind is the Game Changers. Yeah. Terrible. Like, right? And the uh, amount of people I've spoken to who have like, yeah, I'm vegan now. I'm like, what? Cool. Explain to me why. Yeah, why? Do you yeah. watch the documentary? Explain to cool. me how you're doing it. Yeah. We, um, we had to do a, like a, an episode of MTMM Radio on the Game Changers and breaking that down because we just found that we were sitting through so many of our client consults talking about saying, that yeah. and saying the same thing over and over and over to every single client. So I was like, you know what? Let's just record this. Do a podcast, put it out there, put it on MTM Radio, and then we can just send that link to our clients That's every time they bring it up. So efficient. <laughs> yeah, so much. But well, it's, it saves them. Like, then they can talk about other stuff in, in their consults, right? But yeah, I mean, documentaries are great, and I don't knock them at all in the sense that like they get people thinking, right, about things that they might otherwise never consider, never think about, and that's important. But the key is that you need to keep thinking and not just watch the documentary and take everything at face value. Like maybe do some further research. Yeah. And go out and find the evidence against. <laughs> well, and have a look at that as well. Don't just hear something and be like, I'm doing that now. 
Game Changers was such a good example because it was, the production was so well done, like it's financed by James Cameron, right? But you've got, it was so one-sided and research had been so blatantly misconstrued and misquoted. And it was very easy to figure that out if you looked into it just a and tiny bit. when you find bit. out that James Cameron's wife owns a vegan, vegan protein yeah. company. Yeah, and just like, <laughs> it should start to just send off a few alarm bells that maybe this is something we need to look a little further into. Yeah, for sure. And that's not to say that you can't have a vegetarian diet that you do cover all your bases. 100%. But it really takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment to do that. Absolutely, right? and a lot of knowledge which you might not have at the beginning but that's fine so long as you're working at chipping away and gaining it and then also something we talk to a lot of our clients about is just making sure it's very much aligned with your goals right so dependent on your body type and, and what your goals are going vegetarian or vegan might make things a little bit more difficult to you if you have really poor insulin sensitivity it's going to be really hard to get any of your protein without eating a lot of carbohydrate so maybe the first step is doing some things that will improve your insulin sensitivity and shifting towards a plant-based diet, right? It can be done, but it just, you need to kind of think through it and map it out a little bit. Yeah, it's like you don't have black hair and then decide I'm going to go blonde and just bleach it. Yeah, in right? one session, right? I have done that, so... <laughs> have yeah. that work out. Oh my God, I had like orange hair if it's, oh, it's horrendous. It was like, you know, 15 years ago, but I've That's still like got the, the memory. That's like the best analogy right? I've ever heard for Yeah, yeah. just, <laughs> no, get it stripped back, go to the hairdresser. You know, you don't go to the supermarket and bleach your black hair. Yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> and it was care <laughs> So I suppose in the same way, you don't do that. You wouldn't just decide, I'm going to do this without consultation with someone who actually maybe knows a little bit more than you. Yeah, I think that's probably like a good place to start. Yeah. I mean, I've done a whole bunch of like, diets, I guess, obviously. I mean, I think most women... Most, most women, women most have, people in the health and fitness industry, yeah. It's terrible, and it's terrible because we are in a position to influence other people's thinking a lot. So you've got to be really careful what you're seen to be doing, what you put out there for your clients. Because I remember I had a personal trainer when I was, before I was a trainer myself, and she was constantly starving herself. <laughs> and she would tell me all she'd eaten all week was steamed vegetables and lemon juice. And, and so you're like, well, that's what I have to do and, then. Yeah, she made me feel so much guilt about eating. Uh, I remember I said, because back then I wasn't particularly health conscious. I didn't really like, I went to the gym, but I still smoked um, cigarettes. I drank. After you finished a session at the front. <laughs> no, for real, that was, that, that was me. I would still drink. I still, you know, I was reasonably healthy, but yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and she would just rip into me, make me feel so bad about having toast for breakfast or... Yeah, when you're like, well, really, it's an excellent source of whole grains. Yeah, <laughs> the food pyramid said, I can have pancakes if I want. Yeah. yeah, so, I don't know, I think it's really, it's, it's really dangerous, like, what people in the health and fitness industry put out there to people who don't know anything, so they just believe what they're told. Absolutely, and I think, like, I mean, any sort of named diet typically will raise alarm bells for me because generally it's you're looking for a gimmick right and generally that means removing a food group or removing something it's either severe caloric restriction or you know master cleanse or 
uh, keto is a good example. And it's like all these things do make you lose weight, but it's because they're putting you in such a massive calorie deficit because they're cutting out an entire food group. 100%. It's of course it's caloric restriction. Yeah, that's yeah. All, all of them are. They've just got a different name. And so that's the biggest problem is you see people doing all of these different fad diets or doing challenges and things like that without thinking about the bigger, more long-term picture, right? Without thinking about, I don't want to be stuck with orange hair. What I don't really understand, though, is like, the amount of these sort of challenges and diets that even I've done, and you still think, oh, but this one will be different. This, this time. One will work. Yeah, this time. Um, and it's like, well, if you're not changing anything, how's anything going to change? That sort of mindset, right? I think it's kind of like what you said about we need to be so careful what we in the health and fitness industry put out there to other people. And I, you know, probably one of my biggest gripes is that Instagram model oh, I did it, so it works for me, it's gonna work for everyone else, right? And people see pockets of success, usually short-term, snapshot, just about to get up on stage. They don't see the consequence, they don't see the blow-up. And these things do work, they, they do, for a short period of time until you've got yourself so metabolically deregulated that nothing works. Um, and that's where we get sucked in, right? Because it's that quick fix and we're all about anything instantaneous. That's what we love in our society. Yeah, right, well, I mean, with everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody wants to put in the work. Nobody wants to count their macros. Nobody wants to consistently follow any sort of consistent plan. Let me tell you, nobody is happy when they come in and sit down for a consult. We used to offer, or we still do offer, three, six, and 12-month packages. And they sit down, and they come in, and they're dead set. They're doing a three-month package. They're going to get the body they always wanted. Life is going to be great. And I sit down and I listen to all of the diets they've done in the past and all of the challenges and, and all of the caloric restriction. And I'm like, great. So I think that your goals are not unrealistic, but your time frame is, and this is probably going to take us a year to 18 months to realistically do safely. Like nobody wants to hear that. I love that though. I love and that you're saying that and you're not giving people that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, we'll do it. I'll take yeah. your money. Like, yeah, and exactly. the people that are willing to put in the work and are like, oh, 12 to 18 months, like, that's scary. That's a big financial investment. That's a big time investment. But it's also the difference between, like, getting that body that you want for a week or three weeks and having that body and the health associated with it for life, right? I think that's the difference, right, is that people don't want the health associated with that body. They no, they don't care about that. that. We'll worry about that no, later. No, just, uh, <laughs> yeah. They just want the body. Yeah. Oh, Nailed it, didn't swear. So good. Yeah. Thank you. So smooth as well. Yes. Really had to think about I, that I one. I couldn't even think of another word to say. That's how bad Just I am. Just had to self-believe you, you oh know. Oh my God, amazing. Um, yeah. I think one of the the worst things, I mean, you totally get this as well as a weightlifter, is the whole weight class, weight cut situation. And I find, like, I hate the fact that I have to do that and obsessively weigh myself and make weight and cut weight and all those things especially when I'm training people who a lot of them want to lose weight and they'll be like you well, lost, what do you do you lost two and a half kilos in a week tell me tell how. me how I'm like no no yeah you don't want to know you this is not a long term no no this is a terrible thing that no one should ever do like it sucks and I hate it yeah um and yes I get a nice little selfie the morning before weigh-in where you can see my abs and that's all. Everybody loves their way in uh, selfies. The best. Yeah. But you should see the post way Yeah, exactly. You see the next day. <laughs> the next day. So. Like, you put on that all that weight and more by in a week. Yeah. Ridiculous. 
And I think it just, it's compounded so much in weightlifting because everyone sees these totals that they have to achieve and they're like, oh, but if I was just a weight class lower, that would be so much easier. Never thinking about, A, how hard it is to maintain your total when you drop a weight class. Yes. But B, that that is not something that we're going to achieve in two weeks' time. No. I had got sucked into that when I first started weightlifting. Everyone does. I'll be a 59. I'm only... 61 right now it'll be easy i'll just do that yeah what's what's two kilos yeah oh except i'm going to train and put on all this muscle mass it was so stupid yeah so stupid i did the same thing i started as a what was back in the day 69 worked my way down to 63 down to 50 58 i think it was at the time and i ben was like he's like no you're never doing this again like you're never doing 58 how did you go as a 58 i was fine my performance was fine but i just my body doesn't like to sit at like 15% body fat. That's not where I feel the healthiest. That's not where I lift the best. Yeah. And he was just like, ugh. <laughs> it just looks gross. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I did one. I went right back up to 63 after that. And yeah. now I'm like, I have enough body fat that I could go to 59, but I like to live a life where, like, I can go have the pizza with the crew after, right? Or, like... I can celebrate my anniversary with a glass of wine. I want to be able to have those. I want to be able to hang out with a girlfriend and eat sushi and eat the rice. Yeah. I don't want to live life as a 58 and not live at all. No. Yeah, that's exactly what I was like. I was, this is the night before. This is my first comp as well that I decided I was going to cut to 58. Perfect. Just because you need a little extra stress. Obviously. And I was at the sauna in the gym down the road with my taking my scales there obviously was sitting outside the sauna because I'd been in and I was like drying off or whatever like holding my scales crying because I was still 59 point something this yeah. is like the night before the night before all yeah in retrospect having now done a whole bunch of weight cuts and being over a kilo over the night before and being like oh I'm sweet yeah I would have been fine yeah but it's, yeah I mean your comfort level with it increases but yeah the, what we put ourselves through. So horrible. Yeah. So don't lose that much weight. In the and way. should, yeah, it's should not way. be extrapolated to like the general public. No, not at all. Um, what should be though? What can we take from that? <laughs> How do we flip this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the whole idea and it's so unsexy, but that long-term game plan is so important because we always say there's no point doing something for 12 weeks that you can't see doing for the rest of your life so if you're going to go keto can you do that for the rest of your life right if you're going to cut out all the fun stuff if you're going to eat this super clean diet can you continue doing that because there's always going to be that rebound effect um so it's not fun but moderation slowly improving habits we see so many people as well come to us and um great example this week is like with coronavirus (laughs) Oh, yeah. We have some overseas clients and they're like, oh, I'd like to put my program on hold because, you know, some of the shops are selling out of some of my items and I don't have my helper available because they're stuck in another country and can't get into ours and all of these reasons why they can't start their program. And I said, absolutely not. We don't put programs on hold once we start them because we don't expect perfection. I don't need you to be perfect no. to get started. What I want is I want this coach who's working one-on-one with you to help you through those and try and figure out, okay, you can't get your normal foods. 
What are you going to eat? Okay, you don't have your helper to cook you meals? Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. I knew Gosh. we were going to have to stop on this one. <laughs> a helper? A helper. That's what they call them in Hong Kong. So they're like... Is it like a servant? Yeah. Who has, who has a servant in like this day and age? Everyone there. Oh my God. Yeah. I Very don't even know if I had a servant. I don't think I'd want one to be I just apologize the whole time. I would be annoyed at the fact they were in my house. Like I like being by myself. Oh, I just, like, I'm, what too, are you doing? I'm too Canadian. Oh, sorry. Could you, I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> can you please? Yeah. No. I'm just too much of a grouch. Yeah. Like, and I also like cleaning my house. Yeah. So. If you notice how clean it is, I actually cleaned it this morning. It looks beautiful. And, you can and, yours. and burnt three different candles. So. so that is the fragrance. But yeah, no, I don't want to. Yeah. So. Help her. Wow. So yeah, a whole other topic. I think that maybe. I remember the first time that came up when we first started working with clients. I was like, what? <gasps> what is that? But yeah, so, you know. And some people can't afford, you know, to see a nutritionist because obviously, yeah. you know, it's a luxury for some people. And, but who can afford a helper? If you can Different afford country. a helper, you can afford a nutritionist. Yeah. So, I mean, our message there was, you don't have to be perfect. Let's try and problem solve all of these little things. And let's try and make small changes. Let's not overhaul your diet completely. Let's not change everything on day one. We don't need perfection. We need consistency. Consistency over perfection always. Yeah. So if that means, you know, integrating more vegetables by having vegetables at every single meal, including breakfast, so that you're probably getting upwards of 400 to 600 grams a day. Is that being noisy? Um, you know, drinking three liters of water a day. Like little things like that, cutting out processed foods, only doing one meal out a week. Those are the things that if you change slowly and systematically, all of a sudden become habits and those are the things that get you the long-term change, right? Um, you're also not going to get any short-term change without that, so there's that benefit. Yeah. And it's like once you master one, okay, if you really want to do this, you want to go all in 100% because that's generally what people who are going to do a challenge want, is... Um, all right, show me that you can do each of those things. Show me that you can do 400 grams of veggies to 600 grams a day every day. Show me that you can keep your water intake up. And if you can bang those things off all week long, great. Let's Then we can make it more complex. We can make it more challenging. Yeah, so it's like habit stacking. Yeah, but if you can't yeah. accomplish basic habits or you need more time to practice or more time to integrate, which is fine, then that's what we need to focus on, not cutting out all grains from your diet. Yeah. Well, a lot of um, you know people who are doing this challenge that I was talking about is saying, "Can I eat carbs?" Kind of, like, of course, you can eat carbs. Mm -hmm. We're trying to just not eat junk. Yeah, and junk is junk. Like you know what junk is? It's McDonald's. It's packets ice cream. Of chips. It's packets yeah. of chips. It's Coke. It's all that stuff that's obviously crap. Yeah, like it's not oats. It's not muesli. It's not things yeah. that can actually have quite a high nutritional content if you watch which ones you buy. It's just straight up actual rubbish. And then just really, really basic nutritional guidelines. Like, what do we use carbs for? Oh, they're the body's primary energy source. Cool. So we should probably have some carbs so we can come and smash it in the gym. Because there's no point doing anything if you're dragging yourself to your gym sessions and having crappy sessions and can't get through them. Right? It's, it should be an eat more, do more attitude, not an eat less, do less. I'm on the eat more, do more bandwagon. Oh, now I'm in a bulking. <laughs> bulking phase for different reasons um given that i'm not competing until may oh you've got a nice stretch i'm like right i'm gonna get real strong and i already feel like a giant 
Yeah. Um, I've only upped my calories. Oh, I've literally upped my calories by like 200. Yeah. And I just feel like an ogre. It's so <laughs> funny how quickly it happens, right? How quickly you feel like that. And again, anybody looking at you would be like, nothing's changed. Yeah, right? right? It's weird. It's just we're so self-critical. It's so hypersensitive to the slightest. Yeah. yeah. I, it, body image is a strange one like that. I know personally I thought that I was had really progressed and like gotten really quite good with my own personal body image through years of self-work and coaching clients, which, you know, if you are encouraging body positivity every single day, you kind of, you tend to integrate some of that yourself, right? You think so, but I'm the worst and I'm constantly preaching body positivity and don't worry about what the scales say. Well, it, and it, then I'm so falling apart. Oh, but then <laughs> the same thing. Look at me, like yeah, I'm um, 14 weeks pregnant right now, and congratulations. Thanks, and Ben snapped at me the other night. Usually, he can get pretty ranty because I was just saying, like, oh, I just feel disgusting. I feel so big. I've gained more weight than I should have at this stage. We did IVF, so um, I put on some weight really early on with that, and then had a really unfun first trimester and. There was just some days where all I could do was survive by eating mac and cheese. Like, not nutritionist approved at all, but that's just what I had to do to get through the day. Anyways, suffice to say, I'm feeling very soft. And he's, he was just like, oh my God. He's like, you need to stop with this right now. He's like, you're beautiful. Your body is so purpose-driven right now. Your body yeah. is so purpose-driven. Yeah. Not every woman yeah. wants to Exactly. Hear. Oh my god, they should have that on a Valentine's card. I think he also referred to it, and he thinks this is cute, as like, oh, he's like, you've gotten so poachy in the last week. What? <laughs> like, oh, far out. Yeah, like, I think he thinks it's like a cute little kangaroo Joey thing. I was like, mm, maybe don't use that term with Pouchy. any other pregnant woman. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and so he just gave me this really long rant about like how I'm nourishing and how I'm fueling and how I did what I have to do. And now that we're in the second trimester, I can really start to like focus on my nutrition, but, um, that I need to let go of all of this crap. And it was a good little reminder, but I was like, Oh, I don't like being on this side of the, of the desk. What is this? <laughs> you got to serve. I know. I was like, okay, enough, enough. But it is, it is so hard when you're having those thoughts yourself and you obviously can't. I always I always want to be honest with people and I don't really like how a lot of trainers portray themselves to be perfect. And yeah. I don't think, like yeah. my trainer I was telling you about, I don't think that's a healthy way to put yourself out there to general population. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, people want to see you as relatable um, because if they can't relate to you and they see you as this pinnacle of perfection which nobody is none of us are then you know people automatically assume oh well whatever they do I couldn't possibly do that because I still want to go have a drink on the weekend you know once in a while or I still want to do this or I'm going to do this um but yeah I like I don't know anyone that is nutritionally perfect no well so. I think that people portray themselves that way possibly yeah. but yeah. Yeah. We all we all have our moments, right? So and it's important to be a little bit human and be forgiving of that. And I mean, where problems really develop is when we take that on and we have maybe a not so great night, uh, and then it's all oh, the whole day is shot, the whole week is shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's 
you know, now it's like six weeks before we've gotten back on the train when it's really, it's like, okay, you could have just had the cake and had the beer and the next morning gotten right back on track and two days later your body wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah, that's what I find quite often with people that I train because I always try and talk to them about what they're eating as well. Um, and, you know, it'll kind of be like a from Thursday till Sunday, it's just like off the wagon, yeah. like everything. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's literally half your entire week every week. Yeah. They... That, you know, you're only really being consistent from Monday to, Monday to Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and so really, like, what do those numbers look like? I remember Miranda Oldroyd, Alcarez now, I guess, did this really great post and broke down the numbers like that. It was like, okay... Friday night you have oh, a dinner off. This. Did you see this post? Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. The, the bottom line was like, if you're doing this and if you're off for your whole weekend, you're actually only on 66% of the time. And if you were like a 66%, you know, good at your job or whatever, that would be, or got 66% on a test. Like those are not satisfactory numbers. Right, I love that. So yeah. if, if you're treating your nutrition the same way and you're only really hitting it 60% of the time, you know, Where are you expecting those results, results come? Yeah, from, exactly. Right. I think what something I've encountered a lot is that people seem to have this weird obligation about stuff. Um, actually, it was funny. She won't mind me mentioning this because it was we had a laugh about it. Um, one of my clients, she's also a good friend, and we talk about nutrition a lot. Um, and she tends to struggle on the weekends, as a lot of people do. Yeah. And I called her earlier in the week, and I was like, "What are your plans?" I always ask her what her meal out was going to be, you know, like what her mm -hmm. plans are kind of thing. So kind of trying to instill the habit of you get one, yeah. you get one a week. Yeah. So choose it wisely. That's we call them off-program meals. We won't even call them like cheat meals. Yeah, I cheat meals are dangerous. Like I hate yeah. that word. I hate uh, yeah. that terminology. <laughs> yeah, so she gets one off-program off meal or whatever. Um, and she said, oh, I'm not really sure what to do because Thursday I've got a lunch so I've got a drink and then I've got a dinner. So I've like got a drink then. I was like, oh my God, who's holding a gun to your head and like telling you you have, I was like, this is terrifying. Yeah. Who is this person? Yeah. And she was just like, oh my God. How do I stay away from that? I was like, yeah. Where is this place? Who does that? And she was like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, no, that's really silly. You're right. And I was like, well, I totally get what you mean though, because there is so much social pressure, um, to drink and to eat what everyone else is eating. And like, I made this, you have to have some and, it's considered rude or it's considered totally you know yeah. you're kind of like a loser or an outcast if you are the person who's drinking water at the bar or you know you bring your own food and i think even more so like so there's the social element of that and then also in the corporate world right so i work with a lot of lawyers and a lot of corporates but they have so many occasions for so stuff that go many to. client meals right yeah. and it's expected that you drink and it's expected that you wine and dine and so those ones are super challenging and people feel incredibly powerless because they're like, I have five lunches this week. Like, what can I do? It's like, okay, well, A, you don't have to drink. There's a million reasons why someone might not be drinking. You don't have to use any of those excuses. You can just say no. I hate that we have to have a reason. Yeah. I can't just say no thanks. Yeah. Like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, we can look at these restaurants in advance. We can go through the menus in advance. We can select things. We can give you a meal before going so that you're not starving and you can stick to something smaller there. Like, there's a lot of strategies around what you can do when you have to be in those situations. And then if you're with your friends, you should be able to just say yes or no, or I'm going to have this. And, and if you're your friends, they should respect your decision. Yeah. 
like if someone's going to offer you a cigarette but you don't smoke, you're going to have it. Exactly. It's, it's kind of silly. Exactly. And I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, like having an opinion, being quite an opinionated. Shocker. <laughs> Just don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. I would love to get to the point in society where it was like that, where being offered a drink or something fr- deep fried was equivalent to being offered a cigarette and being like, oh, no, I'm good. You know? Yeah, but there's so much guilt and um, shame around it. And, yeah, people just think you're super weird. Yeah. But that's okay. Be a little bit weird. Yeah. I think traveling is another big one as well. Like, people who travel for work um, and also kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a big one that I've noticed. And to be fair, like, if I had a kid, no offense, but (laughs) touch wood. (laughs) Touch wood, I don't. Touch wood is not catching. (laughs) That old contagious pregnancy. Yeah. Um, Graham's enough. But um, if I had a kid and I bought them snacks and lollies and and stuff, which I don't know, I suppose you shouldn't really, but I'm sure I'd give them the odd yeah, treat. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to have that stuff in the house. I would 100% eat it. 100%. They'd go to bed and I'd be the first mate. I'd 100%. Be all that. Like, there would be nothing for the kids. Yeah. No, I think, like, you get to choose how you raise your kids as well, right? And it's always harder if you've kind of solidified years of habits and now you're trying to go and change them. But ultimately, you've got to remember, too, that, like, your kids are going to be better off in the long run. And your kids are going to be healthier in the long run for taking those treats and making them occasional things and making them, you know, something a little bit special, not something that's just in the house for Wednesdays after school. Um, So there can be a lot to be done about that. I think the the bigger challenge with kids is prep and being on the go, right? And eating on the run and just having that busy, busy schedule. And so like anything, if it's important, it requires some like forethought and, and some planning, but. It's the same with, it, with everything to do yeah. with nutrition though. I think that's the biggest hurdle that I encounter with people is they're like, oh, well I had to eat this because that was all there was. And I was like, well, why didn't you bring your own? Like, how do you go out of the house without a snack? Yeah, or like an entire yeah. cooler bag yeah. full of snacks. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah, I can't imagine it. I've always got food. I was house hunting all morning, and I left the house, and I had like two scoops of protein in a shaker and a muesli bar, and I was walking out with like my breakfast in my hand. And I was like, is that going to be enough? Like, I was just thinking, <laughs> is that all? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're going to do. I feel like this isn't going to do you. I was driving to training this morning, and I just had oats with berries, and on my way there, I was, like, scared that I would get hungry. Yeah, panic, <laughs> panic. And I'm, like, 10 minutes from my house, and I'm, like, what if I get hungry? <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. So, yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's with anything, right? It's do you want it bad enough to, to invest some time, right? Which is a really valuable resource, and sometimes the answer is, like, no. Well, yeah. I mean, right. I've had abs before, and they were great, but... I don't want to be that skinny and hungry and sad all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So, and, and it just, it too, it depends like what season you're in of your life. Right. And it's okay to have, to go back and forth. I think that's, you know, this idea that it's fixed and it's, everything is downhill after a certain point is fraught with issues as well. And also if you're looking back at photos of yourself and you're thinking, how good you looked in that photo. You never, you did not think that at the time. Like, you wouldn't have thought that. I remember, like, I photo, photos of me when I did CrossFit. I was a good 10% body fat less yeah. back then. 
and I look at those photos and I do not remember ever thinking, God, I'm hot. <laughs> ever. This is it. Ever. This is, yeah. I'm, this is it. I've achieved it. Like, ever. I never thought that. I still thought I was fat. I still had cellulite. I still had quite disordered eating habits. Um, but that's also, Low self-esteem. That's everything. also a reality. And that's the problem with, like, Instagram, right? Is selling us this reality that is not the case. That, like, you can be 12% body fat and still have cellulite and stretch marks, right? Like... Sometimes genetically, we're, we're not all built the same either. So that bears a little bit of consideration, although we tend to just shove that annoying <laughs> little fat to the side. I know, well, that's 100% true. And also, if I look back at photos of myself when I was that lean, I wasn't happy. I yeah. wasn't particular. All I did was train and not eat very much. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a particularly positive time in my life so why would I want to be like that again oh my like I would say my kind of leanest most chiseled days were when Ben and I were dating long distance and I was working a million hours nursing all I was doing was training and nursing because I was trying to get back here and I was living by myself so I had no one else that I was responsible for and I could just eat totally on program it's like people that work in camps it was just like, okay, so dialed, so easy, but I had no social life whatsoever. And those were not my happiest times. My happiest times were two kilos up from that when I had a little bit of both. Um, and so that, for me, is the goal now. Not like the, you know, 60 kilos chiseled. It's true. And I think a lot of it is around, you know, if you are single, because I was single when I looked like that as well. Yeah. And now I don't look like that, and I'm in a relationship, and I'm just so happy yeah. and he doesn't care that you know I only have abs uh before weigh-in yeah he's like fantastic <laughs> you have abs this week I know and like he thinks I'm beautiful and amazing and uh regardless of how much body fat percentage I have or what a body scan says or what the weight on the scales say and it's this that's what you need is people in your life who aren't going to judge you based off of and who aren't just telling Size. you that, who really do mean that, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. I, I think that anyone you have in your life that doesn't feel that way about you at whatever shape or size you're at is probably someone you might want to reconsider removing I, from your life. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, for like a multitude of other reasons. I think that's just a red flag for so many other things. Yeah, mate, massively. So how, what would you say to someone, you know, approaching one of these eight-week six week diets anything any of these supposedly uh quick fixes i think you know you kind of touched on it earlier when we were chatting is let's not look at this as like six or eight weeks to completely revamp your life and your body let's look at it as like a six or eight week block of habit change let's look to see what sustainable habits we can build in that time because just like with my nutrition clients, I'm like, I don't, I couldn't care less about your macro profile and what things look like on your best day of the week. I also don't care that much about your worst day. I want to see your average days. And it's the same thing with the challenge. We want to see what you can do consistently over time. So that's what's going to bring you results. So if you are utilizing those six or eight weeks to prep all of your meals at home instead of buying anything out, that's going to have a massive effect in the short term and on the long term as well. Right? So that's how I would approach it is what habits do I really want to change for myself instead of what aggressive thing can I do for six or eight weeks that I'm then going to go need to like stuff my face or do some sort of like 
negative behaviors after to heal from. It's hard because I do love an aggressive change. We all, all are nothing. <laughs> I know, I'm we so love all it. or nothing. Um, and it takes, a, it's really hard to change that mindset. It's, it takes doing it over and over and realizing that you're spinning your wheels and you're not getting anywhere, typically, right? It takes doing it, having some success over that six or eight weeks and then rebounding and then signing up for the next challenge because you're back at your starting weight or you've lost all your strength, you know, those things and doing that over and over again. And I would love if we could just like cut that middle ground for people and save them all of that wasted time and energy and youth and money. <laughs> And just cut them to the part where it's, we realize that it needs to be more than a six or eight week focus. But if we use that time to solidify some habits that we can bring forward, we're going to be golden. I love that. So where can people find you if they want some proper, actual, nutrition proper stuff? Some proper stuff. Um, you can check us out online. We're marriedtomymacros.com, marriedtomymacros on Instagram and Facebook. Um, all our links to our email are up there, so just shoot us, shoot us a message or uh, an email and we'll happily get back to you and overload you with all the fun things. Especially any documentaries um, you've listened to. <laughs> yes. Rebuttal. <laughs> yeah, um, bring it on. If someone maybe isn't in the position that they can afford um, an ongoing nutrition plan, yep. what would be some really simple, um, I'm not going to say hack because it's nothing's a hack. <laughs> But um, just some simple, I guess, strategies they can utilize in their diet that are going to help. I think any of those habits that we touched on earlier, the getting your water up to three liters a day, eating vegetables at every meal, removing the processed and packaged foods from your house. I'm not talking about the box of oats or things like that, but like the bags of chips and chocolates and all of those types of things. Um, looking at your plate each day and being able to identify a protein source, a carb source, and a fat source on each plate. All of those things are going to set you up quite well, being prepared, cooking at home. Um, we do have lots of resources on our website in terms of recipes, kid-friendly recipes, quick prep recipes, stuff like that. And even if you're not looking to jump on program, we also have some info packs. You can hit us up with an email. We're happy to send those your way. Um, little habit tracker cards, stuff like that, that you can kind of integrate into your routine. Amazing. So. Get thank started, you. really. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, very educational and very a very clean episode. We did it. We did it. So I can now, when I upload it, there's two boxes. One says clean, one says explicit. For the first time ever, I will tick clean. PR. I love it. Absolute PR. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, guys, I hope you liked that episode. Um, I did. I loved it. Um, and let us know what you want to hear about, um, as I said at the beginning. Um, if there's any topics, if there's anything, anyone that you want me to speak to, um, that could be you. Let me know. Uh, have a good weekend. Bye.